All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Jonah, shall we? The book of Jonah. A little bit of review for you. Uh, we talked last week about in the belly prayer. How many of you remember that? Any, any of you been in the belly this last week? Just wondering, curious? In the belly prayer, when uh, we end up in these places, and really, what do we need to do? We need to pray, right? We get into these places, we need to pray. And uh, God provided this great fish, it says, to swallow Jonah. And then Jonah prayed from inside the fish. Now, it's better, I think it's better if we pray before we end up in that situation. You know, but, you know, that's hindsight, right? It doesn't really matter when we pray, just as long as that we finally get to the place and whatever God has to do to get us to that place where we just pray and we seek His face. So... God provided this great fish, and, you know, it's really miraculous. And I've been saying that all along in this study, that this is miraculous is what's taking place here. This isn't a fable. This isn't a parable. It's a miraculous thing that, that happened. It's, a, it's a, an event. And, you know, this is where people have trouble with the Bible, you know, because there's, there's the miraculous events in there, all the way from the book of Genesis 1-1 to the to the end of Revelation, full of miraculous, and of course the cornerstone for the Christian church is what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So uh, that is miraculous as well. But even up to this point, really seven miracles have happened already, and I'll list them for you. One, God caused this violent storm to happen, says that. Uh, number two, God had the lot fall to Jonah. Number three, God calmed the sea when Jonah was thrown overboard. Number four, God provided the fish. Number five, God sustained Jonah in that fish, right? That's miraculous too, because normally, uh, how are you going to survive? But God had his hand upon Jonah. Number six, God had the fish throw Jonah up. Ooh. But number seven, I think, is the greatest miracle of all is that, that God melted the heart of Jonah. This hard-hearted guy who decided, I'm going to go the opposite direction from what God asked him to do. Right? That's a hardening of your heart when you decide to do something opposite of what God wants you to do. And so, so God... Through these circumstances, he finally got through to this guy, Jonah. He melted his heart. That is a miracle, too. That's a miracle. When God can get through to your heart and my heart, that's miraculous. You know, it's the, sometimes we, we think, well, you know, unless we see this giant, big miracle. But they came to Jesus, right? They said, we want to see a miracle. We want to see you perform for us, right? And what did he say? He said, you know... The sign, the miracle, I'm, you know, we've already given it to you. It's the sign of the prophet Jonah when he was three days and three nights in the, in the belly of the great fish. God got through to this prophet Jonah. Now, it would have been much better had he have turned sooner, I think. He would not have had, gone, had to have gone through all that. And, and, you know, how much does it take to get his attention? How much does it take to get our attention? 
You know, sometimes it takes a lot. But we looked at uh, in James chapter 1 talking about being quick to listen. We should, we, we should exercise ourselves to be quick to hear God's voice and quick to do what he says, not to have to get to the place where we're all wrapped in seaweed. I love that. Seaweed is edible, you know. Maybe that's what he ate in there for three days. He said seaweed was in there with him. So in the belly prayer, how did he end up there? It was, in this particular case, it was his own fault, right? That's how he ended up there. But there are other ways that we end up there, right? Just life itself, uh, just people, other people around us, their decisions. We end up in these places we don't want to be. And, and we're just there. And what's the answer? The answer is to pray, right? That's what the answer is, to pray. And our prayers reach heaven. That's incredible. Our prayer reaches heaven and hears us. So he listened to Jonah. Let's look at chapter 2, the last verse, and pick it up there. It says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What a horrible word that is. Vomited. You know, I, I wonder how Jonah looked when, when he hit the land. You know, did he look that good, like a movie star kind of thing? You know, really, how did he look? It's possible, you know, that he was all bleached, you know, from the juices and chemicals in the stomach of that fish. It's possible. We don't really know. But I have a feeling that he didn't look real good. And, and, but whose fault was it? In his case, it was his own fault. He got to that place, but God still pr- protected him. But there were some consequences, right? There, there were some reasons that he ended up looking the way he did because of what he had been through. There are always consequences. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the exciting thing is that this wasn't the end of the story for Jonah. It could have been the end of the story had God said, you know what, okay, And when they threw him overboard, he could have just drowned there. And that was the end of the story for Jonah. But it wasn't the end of the story. God still had a plan and a purpose for Jonah. And he protected him. He provided the fish. He protected him in the fish. And then he he had the fish vomit him up. I don't like that word. I said I liked it, but I don't really like it. It vomited him up. Look at, look at chapter 3, verse 1. And these are the verses we're going to look at today. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. That is incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. What does Jonah get? He gets a second chance, right? Did you look at that? You were looking at my notes? (laughs) He gets a second chance. He gets a second chance. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You know, I've just been thinking about that uh, this week, and really the life of Jonah, really it's, it's all about getting a second chance. Have, have any of you ever had a second chance? Gabe's had one. 
Val's had one. I saw that hand. No, really, have you ever had a second chance where God gave you a second chance? You know, I was, I, I was asking my grandkids, I said, I said to them, and, you know, I, I get a lot of good ideas from them. You know, and I said, have you ever had a second chance? And, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, little kids understand they get second chances. And I think we should, too. And it's, this, is, this is very important. This is, I, you know, the more I think about it, that God gives you and I a second chance. And then a second chance. And then a second chance. I, I don't... I don't particularly think that, you know, you go into the millions. I think it's, it's a new second chance every time. It's a brand new second chance every time. That's, why, that's what I think anyways. But thinking about this, how many second chances do we get? Is there a limit? Are we guaranteed second chances? Hmm. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This was a second chance to get it right, right? You know the story we've been talking about for the last few weeks, that Jonah was told to go to the city of Nineveh. He decided, I'm going the other direction. I'm not going to do what God says. I'm going to go five times further than what God wanted him to do. I'm not going to do what God says. And God says, oh, really? We'll see about that. And he ends up... He ends up getting an, another chance. How many of you are for the second chance? I am. You know? I really am. Because it's about God, isn't it? It's not about us. It's about God. His, his mercy and His grace. It gives you and I a second chance. It gives Jonah a second chance. You see, Jonah's heart had turned back. And now he's ready to obey. He's ready to obey. He's like back on track. And do you know how good that feels when you get back on track? When you're out here going your own way, doing your own thing, it's not a real good feeling that you have. If you want to base your life on feelings, when you get back on track with God, there's something about just knowing that you know, you're doing the right thing. There's something about knowing that you're, you're heading in the right direction now. Does that mean it's going to be easy? Does that mean you even agree with that direction? Jonah still did not agree with that direction. As a matter of fact, in chapter 4 when we get there, we'll see that Jonah still had attitude. Yeah, he obeyed and he went. But there's still inside of Jonah that attitude. You know, and God still deals with him. And, and how many of you still get attitude? Even when you're trying to do the right thing, you still get some kind of attitude. That's like, that's the sin nature within us. That's our own selfish, prideful ways that we have. That we, you know, we get this attitude with God even. Ridiculous, of course. And we'll see that in chapter 4. But I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that God gives us those second chances. I'm so thankful for that. Can He use us again after we've blown it? He can. Yes, he can. He can. You know, as I said, though, there may be consequences to our actions, right? And in some cases, the second chance may not be like what the first chance was because of changing circumstances, right? Things change. 
You know, if God asks us to do something and we fight him and fight him and fight him for five years, God forbid that it would be that long. Uh, but maybe somebody here has been fighting God for five years on something. And, and then we decide to go, well, things will be different, right? Things could have changed in five years. Things do change, by the way, right? Hopefully in five years, everything is not exactly the same. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that because it's better if we did it the first time, right? We're not going to have to face the consequences. We're not going to have to try to, you know, face a different circumstances. It's better to just do it the first time God's way, right? Yes? Maybe? No? Some of you are questioning. Maybe just, just the direction of God, God's direction for your life and saying, I don't know if I want to follow him. That's why we have the book of Jonah, so we can look at that and see. Well, maybe, maybe you've already made the decision to go the other direction. You've been doing it for a long time. Well, to make a change, to go back, that God will, will give you a second chance. God can, and he will. Look what it says there in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The word of the Lord, God spoke to him again. That's kind of exciting to me. God spoke to him again. Why do I say that? Because sometimes we think that, right? God will never speak to me again. You know, we have, we've developed this relationship with Him and we're, we're, we're hearing from God through His Word, by His Spirit, and all the different ways that God speaks to us. We're hearing from Him and then, and then we go our own way and then and it feels like God is silent. And we think, God, you know, God, God could never speak to me again. God will never speak to me again. After what I've done, after what I've been through, but, but what, what does it say here? That God spoke to Jonah again, the second time. God was willing to use Jonah again. And God is willing to use you and I again. God can and He will. And He does with Jonah. Look at verse 2. It says, He told Jonah these words, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give you. It was pretty clear, I think. It, you know, I think Jonah was saying, you know, like, hey, that sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> yeah. How many, how, many, how many times do you go through something and you go, wow, this trial feels kind of familiar? Uh, this lesson sounds kind of familiar? Why is that? Because how many times do we have to go through that till we finally get the picture? <clears throat> We have to, God speaks to us and he'll tell us the same things over and over again because we didn't get it right the first time. We didn't, we weren't really listening the first time, right? Were you? Was I? Not really. Oh, God help us to listen, to listen carefully and to be obedient the first time. But if we don't, it's okay. God's not here to give condemnation to you. There's no condemnation for those who are, in, who are in Christ Jesus who, you know, belong to Him. He's not going to condemn us. He will tell you and He will tell me much better to do it the first time. But Jonah, 
He said, he said to Jonah, go and proclaim the message. Go and proclaim the message. Go back to uh, chapter 1, verse 2. He says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. It wasn't a very nice message, but he says, listen, I want you to go. And I want you to proclaim to it, the message, to the city of Nineveh. I want you to speak my message to them. You see, and that, there's a distinction there because we could go and do, we can go and tell them what we think God's message should be. We can go and tell them what our message is, but God says, no, I want you to go and tell them the message that I have for them. It wasn't a very nice thing. It wasn't a very easy thing to tell them. There's, you know, the wickedness. And, and Nineveh, uh, to refresh your memory, Nineveh was a very wicked city and they were violent and they were brutal. And Jonah did, did not like the people of Nineveh. They were, they were enemies of Israel. And as far as Jonah was concerned, let them face judgment. I don't want to warn them. I don't want to tell them anything because, as he says in chapter 4, they might turn back and God might show them mercy. Well, we know, and the rest of the chapter, tell, chapter tells us that God does show them mercy, but, but Jonah, he was at least willing to go. It says he, verse 3, it says he obeyed and he went. He obeyed and he went. God gave him the second chance. He obeyed the word of the Lord and he went. I don't know what it is in our lives, I don't know what you might be facing, what I might be facing in the next who knows how many days, weeks, months, years, but, but to, to hear God's voice and to obey and go. That's what he's asking. That's what it says about Jonah. He, here, he obeyed and he went. And, and to get a second chance to, to obey what God asks us to do, to go. Maybe he's been asking you to, to go to a certain place and speak to somebody, a family or member or a friend or somebody at work, whatever it might be. Maybe he just wants you to, to do something and to, to cut off some relationship or to, to make a clear break with something. And you've been fighting it and you've been, been saying, no, I'm not going to do it. I won't. But you finally get to the place where you're willing to say, okay, okay, okay. You're wrapping the seaweed, you know, unwrapping the seaweed off of your head. You're saying, okay, I'll go. It's time to obey and go and do. Maybe to serve, maybe to follow, maybe to love, maybe to just simply go. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're wondering, maybe you're wondering, you know, there really is no second chance for me. I'm, I'm done. It's too late. Maybe you need a second chance. Do you need a second chance? If you do, I want to say to today that God wants to give it to you. One man said this, that the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. I really like that. It's a series of new beginnings. It's not just one beginning. You're born again by the Spirit of God. Your, your life is brand new. Well, it's a series of new beginnings. You don't get born again every day, every week. That's not what I'm talking about. But a brand new start every single day. 
And when we go a certain direction, God gives you a brand new start, a, a, a chance to, to start over again. And one of, it, one of the things that's found here in this verse here, this is such an important verse for you and for me. Why? Because if you read the context around it, it says that we, we, we're all sinners. If we say that we haven't, that we don't, that we won't, it says we, we don't have the truth. The truth is that we're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all blow it. That doesn't mean that we do it on purpose so that we might come to this verse. But look what it says. If we what? Confess our sins. He is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's a new beginning. That's a new beginning. We, we, we come to him, we, we say, Lord, I just come and I, I bring this before you. And he says, here's a brand new start for you right in here, right now. That's a new beginning. That's another chance. That's a new start. Warren Wiersbe, who I quote a lot because I like his uh, writing a lot, the uh, commentator and preacher, and he's, he's, I think he's in his 80s now, lives in Kansas. He doesn't travel much anymore. I, 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 uh, I looked up his name and number on the internet, believe it or not, and I wanted him to come to our huddle that we do in New Hampshire every year, and uh, he, answered, he answered the phone. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, I'd like you to come to our huddle. He said, you know, I'd like to, but I don't travel anymore. My doctor won't let me travel anymore. So, uh, But what a ministry he's had. But listen to what he said. He says, when we fall... Not if we fall, but when we fall, he says, the enemy wants us to believe that our ministry is ended and there's no hope for recovery, but our God is the God of the second chance. Let me read it one more time. When we fall, the enemy wants us to believe that our ministry is ended and there's no hope for recovery, but our God is the God of the second chance. Our God is the God of the second chance. That's incredible, you know. you know. You know this as well, is that the Bible is full of examples. The Bible is full of examples of God giving second chances to people. You know that? So you and I could fit right into the Bible, I think, very easily. I, I've listed just a few, but there are many, many more. Uh, Moses, right? Moses, he tried to help the Israelites. He thought he was going to be the deliverer, and of course, God did have a plan for him. But he tried to get out there, and he did, he, you know, he, he, he did it in his own strength. And what happened? He, he ended up having to leave, and he ended up on the backside of the desert. And how long was he out there? Forty years. Had things changed a little bit? Talk about circumstances changing a little bit in 40 years. But God gave him a second chance, didn't he? Forty years later, he gave him a second chance to go and do what God had, had called him to do. God was preparing him. God was working in him. How about, this is another one who you may not think fits into that category, but it does, Samson, right? Samson was one of the judges, one of the people who led Israel. You can read about him in the book of Judges. And we all know that he was strong and all that stuff. But Samson, despite what God had empowered him to do, Samson really, he had some things in his life that just weren't really on track with God, right? Mm -hmm. 
You can read about it there. And, and eventually it led to his downfall, right? His own sin, right? He had problems with women. And it led to his downfall. But, but at the very end of his life, God gave him a second chance, didn't he? You go, you go back and read it. It's very interesting to see. God gave him a second chance. And it says that uh, in this particular time, it says that more came out of even that second chance than what had come out of his life before. Radical. How about David? Did David get a, a, a second chance? Yeah, he did. God gave him many, many chances. How about uh, Mark? Any of you know about Mark? I didn't put him up there. I left him off, but uh, Mark, uh, Mark, uh, he bailed out on a missionary journey, right? And Paul said to Barnabas, you know, I don't want to take him with me anymore. The guy, he bailed out. He's not... At that point in time, Paul was not willing to give Mark a second chance. But Barnabas did. But you read the scripture and you find out later that Paul says, you know, about Mark, he says, bring Mark. You know, Mark is very useful to me in the ministry. See, God had a a purpose and a a plan for Mark. Though he blew it in the beginning, he, you know, he, he bailed out. And Mark was the guy who wrote, who wrote the gospel of Mark. Very, very powerful. Peter. I mean, how many second chances did Peter get? Like, a lot. That's why we read about Peter and we go, oh, okay. But, you know, the classic one, of course, is that uh, he denied the Lord three times, didn't he? He denied, he denied the Lord three times. But I want you to turn with me to John chapter 21 because it's, most of you have seen this before, heard about this before, read it before. But John chapter 21, it's kind of this picture of restoration. Peter, who had uh, denied the Lord very clearly, very bluntly, Could he ever be used by the Lord again? Look at John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now, for me, that would have been enough, I think, you know. Feed my lambs. You know, it's like, this is restoration. You can be used, and I want you, and, I, and I'm asking you to serve me and continue to do this ministry. Take care of these lambs. But maybe it wasn't enough for Peter. I don't know, because he says in verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. He goes on to tell Peter how he was going to end up his ministry. But, but three times Peter had denied Jesus and three times 
Jesus here affirms that I want you to continue to serve me. Three times. That's pretty special, isn't it? Now, there's some other things in the, in the language here that we're not going to get into right now. And, and Peter even had some issues. And, and later on in that chapter, he talks about John. He says, what about him? And Jesus said, don't worry about him. Just listen, I'm trying to restore you. Okay, just worry about you. Don't worry about the other guy. Just do what I've asked you to do. And I think he has to do that with us sometimes too, doesn't he? Oh, God, you're going to restore me. You're going to give me a second chance. But what about the guy over there? What about him? And he says, don't worry about him. Just you follow me. Don't worry about that. So here, back now with Jonah, this guy, the consequences that he had to go through, there's consequences for all of those, by the way. If you look at the lives of every one of those, there were consequences of, the, th- of, of their, the mistakes that they had made, and we can't get away from that. But Jonah, he, he's, he's given this second chance, and he's asked to go now and do what I've asked you to do before. I want you to go and do it. Again, how many chances do we get? Is there a limit? You know, I can't tell you because that's really up to God that's not that's for him to decide right I think we need to be very careful that we don't presume to know and I you know I say that because because of the situations and the consequences and all that and and because if 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 we look at it just like that that yeah it doesn't matter what we do because God is just going to give us another chance what, you know, what's that going to get us into? Trouble. And we're just going to sin. I'm going to go down this path. And was Jonah thinking about that? We don't really know. It doesn't come out like that, that Jonah was saying that. But I think sometimes we, we can fall into that and we can just say, I'm going to go that direction. I don't want to sin because I know that he'll forgive me and I know that he'll give me another chance. That's not a good attitude to have, is it? That's dangerous, I think. That's what Paul talks about. To, are we just going to sin so that grace may abound? We're just going to sin because we know grace is going to cover it and all that? No. There is one particular case, though, that uh, there are no second chances after death, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, there are no second chances to get right with God after we pass over. Okay? That's what the Bible teaches. That's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. There's no reincarnation. We're going to come back as a frog and get a chance to do it again and maybe work our way up the, the uh, food chain until we become a ascended master and, and then we'll be able to be with God forever. There's, there's nothing like that in the Bible, by the way. There's also nothing like praying for somebody who has died that they would then make it, right? If they have already died, it's, it's done. It's done. You can't pray for them to, you know, pass over from death to life, spiritually speaking. 
So there's no second chances after death, which kind of tells us, well, if God has given us a second chance, we probably should take it while we have a chance because that's what happens is we wait, we put it off, we put it off, we put it off, and then we may not have time. You may, you may be, you know, get to a place where you physically can't do what you could. But here in this life, again, this idea of a series of new beginnings, I love this. Lamentations 3.22, it's the, the hymn that we sing sometimes. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for His compassions, or some translations say mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Is that powerful or what? That's where that comes from, that song, by the way. Every day, every day, a new beginning. Every single day, a new mercies, new compassions. They never fail. One more verse before we close. Uh, I want you to turn with me to uh, Micah chapter 7. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. So it's about f- one page. <laughs> See, I had to go through all those. It's, you know, it's, duh. How about Micah chapter 7? Micah chapter 7. I love this, actually. And, and I think we need to know where these verses are. Micah chapter 7, verse 7. He says, but... As for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. He says, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, what? I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light. And I will see his righteousness. That's incredible, isn't it? The Lord's Lord's going to restore us. The Lord's going to forgive us. His compassions, his mercies are new every morning. Though I have fallen, I will rise. God is going to raise you and I up for that second chance. Because it's not over until it's over. Right? It's not over until it's over. You need a second chance? Maybe not today, but you will. I can guarantee you that. You need a second chance to follow? A second chance to obey? A second chance to go, to serve? Turn to Him. That's what you need to do. That's what you and I need to do. Turn to Him. Again, uh, you know, this book of Jonah, is a, it's a whole, you know, where you look at the little pieces and we, we but, but it's really all part of a whole that Jonah was in that fish and he prayed to the Lord and then he obeyed and he went. And for you and I, it's to turn back to him. And we're going to see in the next section next week, uh, this, this revival takes place in Nineveh that Jonah would have missed had he refused to go. Now, he still had an attitude about it, even though it was... As some 
claim it was the, re- the greatest revival in all of history, all of recorded history. And he would have missed it. What kinds of things we miss when we're not willing to go and do. I read this story about a football game in uh, the Rose Bowl in, in 1929, and it was Georgia Tech playing uh, UC. And it said that uh, in that game there was a guy named Roy Regals, and he recovered a fumble for California, and somehow when he picked up the ball, he got confused. How many of you heard this story before? He got confused, and he started running the wrong way. And finally, someone on his team caught him, and it wasn't, he could have, I mean, he caught him and stopped him. And, uh, but they ended up, the other team ended up getting a safety and, and uh, ended up winning the game, actually. So this was in the first half, and so they went into the locker room in the second, you know, before the second half, and the coach, you know, they, this guy is, is he's, dis, he's destroyed, right? Because of what had just happened. And I mean, he's embarrassed. And he, he's just weeping in the corner. But the coach says, listen, I want the same team that started the first half to go out and play the second half. Was he giving him a second chance? He was. And, and so he says, okay, let's go. But he didn't get up. He sat there. He says, there's no way, coach. All the rest of them have gone out. There's no way, coach. I can't do it. You know, what I have just done is I can't. I just can't. And he said, you know what? Get up and go on back. The game is only half over. You're going to and you will. Now go. The person who uh, wrote this account, he says, we take the ball and we run in the wrong direction. We stumble and we fall and we are so ashamed of ourselves that we never want to try again. And God comes to us and bends over us in the person of His Son and He says, get up and go on back. The game is only half over. That's, he says, that's the gospel of the grace of God. It is the gospel of a second chance, of a third chance, of the hundredth chance. So when you and I think there's no way it's over, it's done. Think about what God would say. One final thought before we do close is this, is that, and this is important, freely we have received, freely give. Give others a second chance. Sometimes we are more harsh than God is. Isn't that true? Well, I'm never going to give that person another chance. Yet God keeps giving us chance after chance after chance. God forgives us. And, and they said to Jesus, how many times should I forgive? What did he say? 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Forgive. Give other people a chance. God's done it for us, right? We need to do it for others. So... Let me ask a few questions. Do you need a second chance? Go to God. Maybe God's giving you a second chance. He's already provided it for you. He's he's opened the way, showed you. Well, go. Obey and go. 
maybe God has already done it and, and you can think. And, and, and just like my little grandkids said, yeah, oh yeah, I can do that. God gave me a second chance. Or they say, Dad gave me a second chance the other night. Yeah. Be thankful for those chances and just, just worship Him and say, God, thank you. Or maybe there's someone who you need to get another chance to just because. Just because God is gracious and merciful. We need to be gracious and merciful. Maybe you're in one of those categories. Whatever it is. Let's, let's just bow our heads right now. Let's close our eyes and ask God to just work in us that we might have all that He has for us. That we might be strengthened to do what He wants us to do. That we might be grateful for the mercies that are new every morning, the forgiveness that comes every time we confess and, and He forgives and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, we, we humble ourselves before You and the great and awesome God that You are. You are so kind to us. You are so loving to us. Yeah, You don't coddle us, maybe, but You always do the right thing for us and with us and in us. And we... We just want to acknowledge that today. We want to thank you for those chances you've given us. Maybe, maybe a brand new chance that we had just today, just this morning, just getting up and, and just being able to get out of the house and do something today. Maybe you're speaking to some of us to, to, just, to, just to take that road. Stop fighting and take that road. Lord, help us to obey and go to try to step out. Maybe you want us to give someone else a second chance and, and let it go, let forgiveness be the reality. Because you've forgiven us so much. God, work in our lives. Maybe some of us are still running from you. We are we're running from you. Maybe some of us have never, never accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we're just running. We don't want to hear it. Father, you know our hearts. You know who we are. We don't have to say it, but you know it. You already know it. And I pray that those of us that are in that category be willing to say, okay, okay, I give. I turn. And Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I'm tired of running. Tired of running. Lord, thank you for this family. Thank you for what you're doing here in our lives. And we reach up to you and we ask you to help us to reach out to others. And to, to reach into our family here to, as well that we might grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's his name we pray. In his name we pray. Amen.